This is Seattle's Morning News. Let's talk Mariners baseball with Mariners insider Shannon Dreyer. So, early in the season, any surprises for you so far? I think probably the most pleasant surprise was how effortlessly Matt Brash's game translated to the big leagues and the fact that he came in and made his first big league start and showed absolutely no nerves, no hiccups, no anything. Uh, His breaking pitches were phenomenal, and that's not just me sitting here having covered the Mariners forever saying that. He's getting national recognition for what they saw. It looked like a wiffle ball up there at times, and uh, (laughs) it was one of the more spectacular rookie pitcher debuts I've seen in a long time. So, So what is special about his rapid rise? I think you have to start at the beginning of it, and he was one of the acquisitions from the San Diego Padres, and he was traded for a reliever who really wasn't doing very much, and it seemed like maybe a little bit of a a throwaway, and uh, it wasn't. He was somebody that the Mariners had kept track of and they thought could possibly you know, do good things at the big league level, but once he got into the Mariners organization, he absolutely took off, and he was one of those players that couldn't do anything during the COVID season when there wasn't a minor league season. And a lot of the pitchers in particular really went to work on their bodies. They put on some good weight, and all of a sudden you saw they had higher velocity. He took a mid-90s fastball into the upper 90s, and he always had that breaking ball. But the breaking pitch, it's just got ridiculous movement on it. And what we learned in spring training is, while he was known for the slider in spring training, he also had a very good curveball. And they play off of each other very well. And if he has one, he's good to go with the fastball. If he has both, he's in great shape. And it can be either or. So uh, just the fact that he kind of came out of nowhere, uh, was kind of a throwaway player for the Padres. Hmm. And then to have the elite level stuff that he has shown since he got to this organization, it's been a great story all around. Well, good for him. I know that you hang around the clubhouse a lot and you get to know the players. So how are the the, uh, new guys fitting in? They're great. And it's interesting because we've seen a lot of new guys come through the clubhouse as they've done this rebuild the last few years. But now the guys that have been brought in are guys that are intended to be here for a long time. This is Jerry DePoto's team. This isn't trying to clear anything out. This isn't any stop gaps. This is it. And so to see players like Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez come over for Cincinnati and step in and take on leadership roles right away, to see the same thing with Robbie Ray to come in and just you know immediately decide that he's the guy. He's taken the entire pitching staff out to dinner, and very expensive dinners at that, but he can do that. He's the Cy sure. Young Award winner. Uh, taking the young guys under his wing and just kind of really showing some ownership right off the bat. What it does is it changes the entire personality of the team. They, you know, not a huge change, but just a little bit of a change. And uh, it's good to know that you had something good going at the end of the season with the guys that you had and they were building towards something. And you're bringing some other things in from the outside to add to that. It's not just what they do on the field, but off the field. And there's a really nice feel because of that. Yeah, and it sounds very much like you're saying this is the year. Well, this should be the year that they return to contention. And I've said this all along. And when you look at the plan, it was a step plan. And the hope was it would take three seasons to get to the point where they could get back to the postseason. And I realize back to the postseason, we're talking decades, not years here. So that's a very big thing right there. But the commitment was made to, A, get the big contracts off of the books, take that step back and grow the young players. And this, I believe, is the first year that it is a fair expectation for the team, for the fans, for anybody to have that this team make the postseason. Okay, how does the rest of the AL West shape up? Because I'm just tired of seeing Houston, 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 Houston. 
Houston is still very much at the top, but they're thinner than they've been in past years. Their starting pitching has gotten thinner every year. Um, this year, it, it, it'll depend on what their young players do. And their young starters look good in the postseason one game last year and then in the next not. And that's what young players do, but we'll see. They, of course, lost Carlos Correa. That's a big loss right there. But, uh, you know, they've also made some fines. Jose Siri has done some good things for them. And you're just going to have to see. I don't think that they are going to be absolute runaway as dominant as they have been in the past, but they still are clearly, you know, top of the top of the class for the division. You have to knock them over. You have to get through them, and it won't be easy. The Angels are interesting um, because they made some additions, and I think one of the more significant things they did is, yes, they added starting pitching, but they also, and they did this late, really boosted their bullpen. They used to be a team where you could go in there, and you, you might behind, be behind five through six innings, but you could really go to work on that bullpen. They've shored that up, so that makes things a little bit more nervous with them. Had they not done that, I, I would have said they would have been a solid step behind the Mariners on paper. They're probably neck and neck right now. Texas is a few years away, despite the fact that they added stars and Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. They don't have much around them, but you know they will grow. And, uh, you know, Oakland is just is a sad state of affairs. They're basically Mm -hmm. tearing everything down. Uh, They've got a team payroll that uh, players in the game actually earn more in a season than their entire payroll. They're they're taking a step back. They're selling everything off. They're probably not even done. They'll still probably uh, trade Frankie Montas at some point. So they shouldn't be a factor in the least. Okay, can we talk technology? Uh, I, I hear there's already more talk about the, the strike zone and computers. What's the latest on that? Uh, it, it's tough to see with um, the robo-umps, as they like to be called. Uh, automated um, strike zone is, is kind of more technically what it is. It has been tested. It's uh, con- being continued to be tested. It was something that was brought up in the collective bargaining talks, and From everything that I hear, baseball would like to implement it as soon as possible. But the word that we're hearing from the miners where it's tested is there are still a lot of bugs Hmm. to be worked out. I don't know that you're going to see that in the next year or two. I think it's going to take longer than anticipated. What we are seeing right now is the pitch comm. And this is something that was implemented just ridiculously quickly. And it was uh, tried in spring training, and teams were given the okay to use it if they wanted to. But rather than catchers throwing down the fingers for the signs, pitchers now can uh, have the option of having a little device in their cap. And the catchers, uh-huh, <laughs> yes, the catchers on their wrist have just a push button, fastball inside, outside, you know, slider inside, outside, location and whatnot. They push a couple buttons on their wrist. A voice in the pitcher's cap tells them what the pitch is, and off they go. And that is something that is uh, being widely used in baseball right now. The Mariners, I would say about 50% of the pitchers are using it, and that was implemented to uh, thwart uh, sign stealing. It's impossible to steal uh-huh. a sign if you're not throwing signs down. Well, unless you know the password or unless you know the frequency, <laughs> I'm waiting for that thing to be hacked. Have they made it hack-proof? Yeah, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds uh, that's very, very clever. Mariners insider Shannon Dreyer. Shannon, thank you. Anytime.